And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll save 20% on your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and on this episode, we have got to discuss... A 3-1 to one loss for your Colorado Rockies at the hands of the Oakland Athletics. Good game from Herman Marquez, but of course the story once again was the Rockies' inability to get anything done with runners on base. Just a nightmarish game. You know, overall, the offense, if you wanted to, you know, categorize it as broadly as possible, created... A bunch of opportunities. Guys got on base. Uh, there was traffic, especially in the middle innings, four, five, and six for the Colorado Rockies, but they just couldn't get a base hit or sometimes even a, a fly ball to medium deep outfield when they needed to, uh, you know, and, and until the last inning there, until, until Hendricks came in and dialed up the strikeout total. They only struck out six times against the starter, Mike Fires. And, uh, you know, were they, they were just the strikeouts were coming at the absolute worst time. I was trying to see if I could find I just had the stat in front of me. And then this page changed team left on base and team uh, runners in scoring position. One for eight with runners in scoring position. Eight left on base for the Rockies out there today. Uh, innings four, five and six really were the kind of pinnacle emblematic symbol of that problem right now for the Rockies and uh, you know, they had first and third in two of those innings and weren't able to get any runs. And then another one where Tony Walters hit the leadoff double and then made a, a base running mistake on a ground ball to first base from Ryan Maltapia got thrown out at third. And then Trevor story hit a single to the left uh, and, he, and Walters would have scored on that hit. if he had just stayed how he was supposed to. Uh, and then there's even an extra level of irony to that in that story struck out in every other at bat he had in the game and left several guys on base three for story four for Charlie Blackman two for Nolan Arenado again, who did have a base hit that led off an inning and started what could have, should have, would have been a rally. Uh, but the rest of it, you know, David Dahl had a had a tough strikeout in that inning. So you can put a little bit of blame on the Rockies' depth of lineup and a guy that just got back due to injury uh, who did hit the ball hard a couple of times today. But bad strikeout there. Ryan McMahon, one for two with a run scored. He was part of the only 
run scoring rally that the, the Rockies had and had the hardest hit ball of the day for Colorado. And Tony Walters went two for two. So it wasn't the bottom of the lineup. And Ryan Altapia with another couple of base hits, including the only RBI in the game. So once again, we're sitting here not talking about the edge pieces, right? The role players played their role today. David Dahl could have had a little bit of a better game, and that was rough to see. The Like I said, the one strikeout where he's got uh, you know, first and third and nobody out, I think, there. No, one away. So even one away. So it's like he could, if he hits the ball on the ground, he's got to get the ball in the air, so you're more likely to strike out there. If there's nobody out, just put the ball in play, even if you hit into a double play. Uh, you're driving in a run. But with one away, as he was there, a little bit of a tougher spot, and, and the strikeout is a little bit more understandable. But this is, I mean, there, there's there's not a whole lot you can do when the guys you want up are, are leaving them out there. Like I said, three strikeouts today for Trevor Story. And uh, I'm sorry, just the one strikeout today for Trevor Story, but just the one base hit for him. Three left on base. Uh, big strikeout for Blackman in an opportunity to drive runs in. Four left on base and an 0 for day for Charlie Blackman. And that's not, you know, what do you do? You, you got to expect him to come through. He comes through in one of those at-bats. The the Colorado Rockies probably win this baseball game and and take this little two-game sweat, sweat <laughs> set from the Oakland A's. Um, Shane, this is really well put. I've maybe been dancing around saying it exactly this way for the last couple of days. And so let me quote somebody who's apparently smarter than I am. Shane, Jeff Breidich has not done a good enough job building around the stars. However, he has built a team that is good enough to make a 16-team playoff. Failing this much is not his fault. And the... And these last several losses. Now, now a little bit of this is the situation that the Rockies have put themselves in, right? If you take care of business against the Angels and you take care of business against some of these other teams that they should have throughout the season, uh, you know, don't lose 23 to 5 to the Giants, stuff like that. Then a split against the A's, not such a big deal. In fact, taking three out of four on the season from the Oakland A's who are one of the best teams in baseball, pretty solid, especially coming, you know, about a week and plus since you took a, a set from LA in LA. But when you have the sweep by San Diego and the embarrassing losses to the angels, then you, you can't, you know, feel great in, in trying to take a, a win out of a split from a great team, even though it's, acceptable that in two good games and the hits didn't fall and three, one, it's not like you got shellacked by any means. Good pitching. Like I said, again, for the most part for the Rockies today, and you lose to a good team. And, and Patrick uh, makes a great point here in the comments. A's have fantastic coaching when they lose or just in general, actually. Um, and you know, I, I, I think Bud Black's a good manager. Uh, I don't know. It's always really difficult for me in baseball. Right. So while we're on the topic of 
the offense. I, and I see more and more Dave Magnin's name being brought up and, and becoming a part of this. And that totally makes sense because we're all looking for, if not, some people are looking for where to put the blame or who to point the finger at. And I've, I've no interest in that. That's boring sensationalism. If you ask me boring sensationalism, is that a thing? Did I just invent a phrase that couldn't possibly be true if it's sensationalism can i don't know i find sensationalism to be remarkably boring because it tends to fall into the exact same categories once you recognize what it is for what it is right but it, if we're trying to get past that kind of analysis then it's difficult because we want an answer why are good hitters not hitting situationally or sometimes in the case of Nolan Arenado at all this season. Well, it must be therefore the hitting coach's fault. And I'm here to tell you, friends, I do not know the answer to that question. And probably nobody does other than the hitters, maybe the manager, Dave Magnin, the people directly involved we're all at best speculating when it comes to that kind of relationship because there's just so many elements there's so much dave magadan was nolan arenado's hitting coach last year and nolan had so if you're just doing the well the results are bad and you're drawing a one-to-one line straight to therefore the coaching must be bad because we know the hitters are talented so it can't be they're not talented enough it must be the coaching is bad why didn't that mess up Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman last year? And if it's that the coaching has got these guys all screwed up and they can't get into a good rhythm at the offense, why is Rymal Tapia fine? Well, you know what? Is, is he immune? Is is he just the one guy not listening to Dave Mackinnon? And on the contrary, Rymal Tapia actually has a very, very close relationship with Dave Mackinnon, who speaks fluent Spanish. And so, like I said at the beginning, I am, I am here to tell you, friends, I do not know the answer to that. Now, I do think that the Rockies in general have a too traditionalist approach to hitting. There are some times where I wish they would take an even more traditionalist approach, though. So it's very complicated. I don't mind at all. I like when Garrett Hampson bunts. I think he could bunt even a little bit more. I thought they could have kept a bunt on with Rymal Tapia today. I'd be in favor of you know, doing a little more in terms of pushing the issue and hit and run and that kind of stuff, which is a little more old school. But whatever is happening right now in terms of their approach is not working. And it's not as simple as, well, they're, they're not talented enough. That goes back to it. Like if, look, if, Nolan and Charlie and Trevor kept getting on base all day, every day. And the bottom half of the lineup kept letting them down. I'd be here saying, you know what? You're right. They're not talented enough. Ryan McMahon had the hardest hit ball of the day. Ryan Maltapia continues to be a pest. Garrett Hampson, not the best. You know, he's been in a little bit of a, a slump lately, but it they're in a, they're in a tough spot. And well, you know, I, I've heard talk about this too. How much of it is not being able to use the technology with the restrictions for Nolan and Charlie, especially, I would think that would be a big deal. I know those guys are big into using the video and scouting uh, and certain technologies that they don't have 
uh, available to them anymore and they're big video room guys but you know other other people seem to have figured it out as well and and honestly that tracks also with why like a guy like Ryan Altapia is not having quite as big of an issue because I, I just cannot imagine like Ryan Altapia watches video of pitchers so he knows what they have but Ryan Altapia doesn't like there's a lot of different kinds of hitters, right? And so Charlie Blackman or Nolan Arenado, when they're at the plate and it's a 1-1 count and they get a slider low and away that just gets outside and they go, okay, 1-1 count. He came with the slider, so he's not sure he can beat me with his fastball, but it's a you know, it's a 2-1 count now. We might try to slide it in high, but I don't think he's going to challenge me. So I'm either looking low and away for that fastball or I'm going to go down and try to get another breaking ball because I think he feels more comfortable. But, and all of this is going through their minds while they're doing it, all right? And then, Will, correct, Rymel sees baseball, Rymel hits baseball. And there, it's not that he has a completely simple process. Rymel will do all of the things that I just said that that Charlie and, and, and Nolan are doing, you know, pitch to pitch. He thinks about those things between games and between at-bats, and all of that stuff happens. But when he gets up there, he's seeing the ball out of the hand and trying to put his bat to it. And you saw his hit today that drove in the run, and I'm sure people will go, Drew, or his other hit, both of his hits. How are you going to count on that? A little ground ball, single to third base, a little blooper to center field. Ring me up when it stops. When he's getting regular playing time, he's going to keep getting hits like those. Why? He puts the bat on the baseball consistently and regardless of the situation. So when the situation calls for it, who's the guy? I've, I've completely led into this conversation, but honestly ask yourself right now, there's a runner at third base and there's one out. Bottom of the ninth, tie game. You can pick any Colorado Rocky on this current roster in their current state to put at the plate. Who do you pick? Trevor Story? Charlie Blackman? Nolan Arenado? Matt Kemp? Daniel Murphy? How many all-star games are there between all those names that I just mentioned? A lot. <laughs> I'd have to a lot. I I I think actually the answer to that question is relatively easy. Hampson, I think Will was in the conversation uh a couple of weeks ago. He's been striking out like surprise he had a couple of strikeouts today that that surprised me. Just like that that hasn't been a big part of his game. And so I uh, that's, I, I guess he just had the one at bat and he came in against the lefty and struck out. Um, but yeah, I like his ability to make contact and, and put pressure on a defense, but right now I, I'd feel like there's a 90% chance that Ryan Maltapia is going to get that run in. And if I'm the opposing team, might you've got a better chance you've got a much higher chance of striking out trevor's story so if there's one out and a guy on third like walk rhyme altapia because the chances story either strikes out or hits it hard to one of the infielders so you can turn a double play are pretty high <laughs> like 
That's the weird place this team is in right now. Uh, I do have to toast the king of the game, and, and I've got to throw two sponsors together. Sorry, sponsors. But the draft king of the game, of course, you got to use that promo code over it. Uh, over at DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code DNVR. Um, and I'm toasting this Breck brew right here. You know, this is the Nitro Pumpkin Spice Latte. This is a special one we got down here uh, at the bar. But uh, you get that Avalanche Amber. You know, it's a steady go-to. Very, very tasty, drinkable beer. I enjoy it very much. Love having my, my Breck brew in times of victory or bitter defeat. It can be a a source of comfort, and uh, it may have to be one for Harman Marquez today, the draft king of the game, uh, who pitched nearly seven, wasn't able to get that third out in the seventh, gives up the three earned runs, does walk four guys, struck out six. Uh, not a dominating performance by any means, but anytime you almost go seven innings, uh, you know, you're doing quality start stuff at Coors Field, and again, against a lineup for one of the uh, better teams in baseball. I know they're missing Matt Chapman, but still, uh, that's a that's a good outing. That should get you a win, not not a, a pitcher win, if you're listening, Manny. Uh, just your ball club a win. In fact, giving up only three runs at Coors Field when Coors Field is your home should get you a win eight times out of ten. Your, your offense has to be able to come up with something so while the four walks you you tilt your head a little bit and and uh, especially the leadoff one that really ended up coming back to Biden how about that weird play how did I get this deep into the conversation without talking about that play I wonder if I can find it on uh find a quick video of it on Twitter uh to bring up for our, our visual audience here that's joined us on YouTube make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you can see all the, the visuals that we do here, if you're a podcast listener. Um, but the, the walk of, of Tony Kemp, right, that, that really killed him because Kemp's got an OPS of like 667 or something this year. Like, it's terrible. Like, he's not been a good hitter. He's never been a great hitter. And you walk him on four pitches to lead off an inning. Maybe it was five, but the, the four that he threw that were balls were way out of the zone. And so you walk a guy with good speed who's their nine hole hitter for a reason. And you put yourself in a tight spot. Now you're worried about stolen base. Well, of course you're worried about stolen base. So you unleash a, a wild pickoff attempt over to first base. Now he's on second. Now you really put yourself in a tough spot. Right. Uh, and then I'm trying to remember how now, now we get first and third. Nobody out. Right. He walked Simeon. And then you get exactly what you need. And this is one of the strangest baseball plays I've ever seen. Uh, he got Robbie Grossman to hit a hard ground ball at first base. And Fuentes did exactly the right thing. Came up with it nice. Froze, looked right at the runner, then started running at him. He's got Kemp dead to rights, stranded between third and home. And then he did the other right thing. You got to throw home. You can't get overly excited about trying to go closer to where he is. You got to go home first. You can't let him beat you to the plate. So two right decisions, three, really stare him back, run him back, throw it to the catcher. Walters does his thing, runs him back a little bit, throws third base, try to get an out out of this because Simeon is doing what he's got to do in that situation. He's coming across, try to get to third. This is where the play almost goes remarkably into the Colorado Rockies favor. 
excuse me while I take a drink of this pumpkin latte spice in the middle of the store. <laughs> just one of those. It, it, it was such a long play. You have to take a break in the middle. So then it almost became a brilliant defensive play from everybody involved because Nolan makes the heads up play to not just have his focus on Kemp and the rundown that they're involved in right in front of him, but realizes that Simeon's coming for that bag and doesn't just let him have it. Goes back, tags him to get the first out, happens to drop the baseball on a transfer, but that did not matter because he picked it up in plenty of time, threw the ball home, and Josh Fuentes was right where he needed to be because Walters had to do a little bit of the rundown right at the plate in perfect position, and the ball beat him by two or three steps. And then Tony Kemp did something I have never seen on a baseball diamond before, and I don't think he could do it again if you paid him to recreate it. It, it was That was one of the most creative and amazing slides I've ever seen. I didn't think there was any possible way he was safe. And I looked at that replay so many times, and he was safe. And how he didn't, how he avoided the glove. If, if Josh Fuentes' arm was an inch and a half longer, Kemp's out on that play. Um, and there's no way that Josh knows that he's going to be able to contort his body like that. I saw some people going, oh, my God, classic Rockies. That turns into a run. Like, I guess if you're saying classic Rockies stuff goes against them, then sure. But – <clears throat> that's a you got to tip your cap and 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 pop your eyes wide open and just say wow on a play like that now again you created this mess with the walk and the bad pickoff move letting them get there in the first place but if the Rockies pull that off that is a sensational double play from Fuentes Walters and Arenado to get two outs and keep the runoff like if that's the other way and that goes against the Rockies you're going how embarrassing and that play was a bit of brilliance just ingenuity brilliance out of Tony Kemp away from being an, an embarrassing double play for the Oakland A's who are a very good baseball team uh you know but they were pushing the issue there and they almost ran into an extra out and they almost got a double play and didn't score their First run of the game. But as it turned out, sometimes, uh, you know, baseball is this great big thing with data points and 400 at bats at a time before we know anything and WRC plus and OPS plus and ERA minus and all this other stuff. And sometimes it's just you got to tag the guy with the baseball for him to be out technically. And if he gets just around you, it doesn't matter how much the throw beat him by and there's there was no way for josh to anticipate he was going to do that on account of nobody's ever done that before he just dove like and contorted his body i don't think it's possible like and i and again like i said there's no way kemp was planning he surprised himself watch again how blown away tony kemp was by what he did once he popped up and was like did i just do that was that even real like even the chances that his hand hits the plate, he could have missed the plate entirely and probably should have. I bet if he, if he tried that again, nine times out of 10, he'll miss the plate with his hand. 
Like he had a, a split second to basically just reach in there and tap it as he went flying by to avoid the tag. And then Josh just turns around and, and very easily tags him out. It was, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And, and then you just go, well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, there's not a, there's not a thing you do about that. You just, you kind of tip your cap and laugh it off and, and hope you can score a few runs. And they weren't able to, they weren't able to do that, but I, I had to giggle at that play because that was of something else. And, and it's interesting because if it had gone the other way, like the only way that play was going to end in its final half a second was extraordinarily right. Because if the Rockies turned that double play, phenomenal stuff. And as it turned out, the other thing that happened, phenomenal stuff, only possible outcomes there. You got to love baseball. How can you not be romantic about baseball hey i do got to give a couple of shout outs some of our friends especially our rugby friends i'm really excited for uh, the return of rugby to colorado but really the the kickoff of colorado rugby here and and american rugby because the usa men's and women's 15 teams are coming to glendale at infinity park you got to check out everything we got going on over at DNVR Rugby with our guy, Colton Strickler. He'll teach you all about the sport. He'll keep you keep you up to date. Got interviews with players. Those guys are so much fun, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, none of them are prima donnas. It's not like rugby players walk around like they own the world or like they don't have to answer any questions. They love chatting, having fun, and these guys are hosses. So check it all out, man, over at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Check out the podcast. Whole lot of fun. And make sure that uh, when it's safe and going on again, you can head on out there to Infinity Park in Glendale to check out that Colorado rugby stuff. Uh, and, and you can also get uh, – we're no, no, no. Yeah. And you can if, – if you're – if rugby is a little hardcore for you, you can also recommend a little WGT golf. You get your, your intense violent action with the rugby. Then you get your video game free golf on your phone or laptop today over at dnvrgolf.com. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. You can play closest to the hole, uh, full stroke play, whether you're playing on world-famous golf courses like St. Andrews, Bethpage Black, or others. Uh, you're playing against us here in the DNVR staff or the community. It's just so much fun. We've got now three different clubhouses that you can, well, you can't join the first two because they're full. That third one is getting full up. So if you want to say you were a member of the original trio, you got to get in now before we have to make that fourth one. And then you feel like you're on the outside looking in. You should still get in, but you know. So Ty, I see the question and we may as well end with this. This is the question, isn't it? Do the Rockies still got a chance? The answer is, yeah. Uh, do I think that they're going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Um, because I don't see the spark of Nolan Arenado becoming the superstar player. And what We can get back to the fight forever and ever and ever about whether or not it's fair that Nolan Arenado has to play like a superstar in order for this team to be above 500. But Nolan Arenado has to play like a superstar in order for this team, especially in a 60-game season, to be over 500. And he hasn't. He hasn't even been close. 
And as it turned out, because of the production of guys like Tapia and even Kemp and Hampson and yes, McMahon, despite some of the ugliness, all those home runs have counted too. Um, they don't even need him to be a superstar. They need him to be a productive offensive player. And he hasn't been that either. I think the starting pitching is going to continue to be good. That's not the problem. We saw again today. It's just, it's just not the problem. And I did not foresee this. This is, this is the gap. What were the things I saw coming into the season? Pitching, starting pitching going to be good. Yeah. Bullpen going to be a question mark. Yeah. Offense. Will have its ups and downs. Should be fine as long as the big boys do what they need to do. Maybe they can get enough out of the role players. Let's see what the role players have got. Well, some of the role players have got some stuff, but the big boys haven't held up their end of the bargain. And so I don't think so. That said, yeah, there's still a chance there. There's absolutely still a chance there. They're only a couple of games out. We just watched them beat the Dodgers. So just the fact that the Dodgers are on the schedule doesn't mean you can't, right? Could have very easily won both of these games against the A's. So but the fact that they're like, look, we've seen this. This It doesn't matter who the Rockies are playing. What matters is, are the Rockies playing well or are they beating themselves? And the Rockies have been beating themselves way too often over the last couple of weeks and been playing well in spurts. And that won't get it done. So... Ending the season with the Giants and the the Diamondbacks, I think you can beat those teams. I think you can end your season on a very positive note. And I do think the Rockies could do – like my hesitation from earlier for saying no was actually like they could end their season on a little four or five game winning streak and and grab that eight seed, uh, especially as other teams are playing double headers. And there's a lot that can happen in that final stretch. So they can sneak into the playoffs here, just mathematically speaking, without even having to to write their ship necessarily. And that's still good for the. Uh, no one should misconstrue that. I've seen some people going, "That would be terrible because then they're just going to get waxed by the Dodgers, and then they'll think they're better than they are." No, they won't. No, if they 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 know it, if if it goes that way. But you want to play more baseball. You want to win more games. It's. You don't want to get too overly complicated. And as I've said a few times recently, the offseason is going to present the exact same questions for the Rockies, whether they're a seven or eight seed or whether they miss the playoffs altogether. So you may as well play a little bit more baseball this year and see what happens. That's where I'm at. So thank you all for hanging out with us. I know this has been a rough one. I think everybody could do with a nap. So let's do that before they go and take on the Dodgers. Thanks for listening into this one. Make sure you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, you know our guy at Patrick the Lions. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com for all of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on shirts, hats, masks. You get a bigger bar when you, a bigger bar? No, a bigger beer when you come on down to the DNVR bar. And um, yeah, also shirts are a good thing uh, <laughs> for my entrance into the, that conversation. So thank you so much, everybody, uh, for continuing to listen. Uh, despite what I know this team does to you, um, we'll all get through it together. Here come four games against the Dodgers. We're going to be here every single day for them. We know you'll be here every single day for them as well. 
So all we can say is thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.